You popular there, Toxic? Oh, we're going now? <laughs> yeah, I've got about three different text threads going right now. Dude, that's pretty high. That's a that's, that's a high amount mm-hmm. of text. Oh, do you want a name? Or do you use Jake Good? Yeah, let's go with Jake. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Jake. <laughs> what's the highest number of text threads you've had going at once? Probably about one. One, okay. So with you, my mom. So you've only had one text thread. Yeah, I'm not really popular. <laughs> Just with your mom. So you've never had a friend text you or anything? <laughs> no. Okay, that's pretty good. I prefer letters. Oh, you're one of those people. Yep. One of, one of those yeah. fucking old ass people. Yeah, I've sent about one letter per month. Oh, really? Yep. What's the easiest way to send a letter? Uh, USPS. Oh, okay. I was, I was, was going to expect some kind of life hack thing, and you were just like... No, it's a real pain in the ass, honestly. I do not recommend <laughs> do that being rec- your primary communication method. So Okay, okay. So no no to letters, but... So have you... How many letter threads have you had at once? Yeah, about two. About... Okay, so you're still about not two. at three. Yeah, so I like... Yeah, it seems like uh, our friend Toxic yeah. here is... Uh, very popular. Very popular. I mean, so you got three text threads going. Do you have any letter threads happening, Toxic? Letter threads? Yeah, because he's got two letter threads and one text thread. So right now you're equivalent when it comes to popularity. I do get a lot of uh, mail from Chase Bank. Yeah, I mean, they're just trying to get me to open a credit card. That's communication. They're a little bit too clingy for me, though. You know, they're sending me these mails like every week. I've never replied, so I don't know why. So if, if they were like a little more coy about it, you'd probably open a credit card. They like came and threw rocks at my window. I might played careless whisper from a boombox. Yep. <laughs> it was just a guy named Chase Bank outside. Yep, that would actually be a pretty hot name, I think. Chase Bank. Yep. You know, you know what he's storing in that bank, right? What hot hot love? Okay. <laughs> I was expecting dollar dollar bills on that one. Uh, no, it's the hot love. You mm. go to the Chase Bank, you get your love. And then you leave satis- satisfied-ish, you know, mm-hmm. it's fine. You still, you own him, you own interest, the problem is. That you got to <laughs> save a little bit and bring it back. It's like a scum pool. <laughs> Fucking gross. <laughs> but you know, a little bit like a pyramid scheme, too. Probably. I mean, everything does trickle down on a pyramid. Like, if, if, if Chase Bank is at my window, I'm pretty sure he's selling uh, multi-level marketing Scheme. Like fucking chicken bone soup or something. Yeah, he's selling steak knives. Oh, dude, steak knives are pretty legit, actually. Like, huh? I mean, think. Have about you it. sold steak knives before? There, were you biased? I have some steak knives that you could purchase right now. <laughs> I mean, I do not want them. They're very sharp. Is your name Chase Bank? <laughs> I mean, maybe my name is Chase. <laughs> I'm not a bank though. Huh? Well, not a literal bank. My last name is Bank, and it's okay. filled with cum. All right. Back to the cum bank. Back to the cum bank. And, you know, cum banks are filled with, you know, new potential, right? It's a pile of potential for humans. Yeah. Is it, right? wait, is it cum bank? So, yes. Is a cum bank just a, like a sperm donation center? Yeah. It's like, like a, it's like a tank filled name. with like mixed sperm samples. So like, like a grab bag. You never know what you're going to get. Exactly. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's a grab bag. It's a grab bag of people. And then, so, but it's full of potential, right? That's all potential people, right? Yeah. Much how all the stories we read on this podcast are overcome with potential. They're brimming to the end. Overcome uh, with potential? Yeah, there's too much. They can't handle it. And that's why we read them on the Barry Jim's podcast, where we dig through the internet to try and find the next Harry Potter. Or 
thing or whatever. We already beat Harry Potter, so it's fine. But with that potential, I have my two guests, experts here today. We got Toxic Gold, his expertise being... <laughs> yeah. Okay. There we go. Retired rapper. Retired rapper. Yeah, the rapping is kind of old school, dude. Yeah. You don't need to do it anymore. Yep. And we got Jake, who is an expert in letter writing. Letter writing. Okay, that, that's why we wanted you here. Yeah. So are you good with romantic letters? Oh yeah, I'm the best actually. Okay, I think you could help our good friend Benahimi here. Okay. So. For Toxic has been on this, this I think part five of this series is where we're at. So we're about halfway through, I think. And uh, this is, of course, we're reading Of Yokai and Hopeless Romantics by Pewter Neutral. Do you have any f- idea what a yokai is? No, no no context, but I'm very familiar with Hopeless Romantics. Okay, so you, you know Hopeless Romantics, but no yokai. Yep, 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 yep. Okay, so imagine if these are Hopeless Romantics who are also yokai. Okay. That's essentially what we're doing. Wait, what's yokai? What's the, like? Give me a quick one-liner. Um, hot demon Busty girls. Busty teens. Busty teens. That's a pretty good way of putting it, actually. <laughs> All right, I'm caught up. They're like, they got fox ears and tails and stuff. Foxy. Yeah, exactly. And so, let's see. I guess the best way we can summarize up until this point, because it might be a while for our listeners too, Toxic, what has happened up until now in the story? Oh, wow. <laughs> so many words that we read. <laughs> so little action. <laughs> so there's been a bunch of these spirit demon teens, and they've been doing just pretty normal teenage stuff. And, you know, now they're going on a camping trip, and they're trying to date each other. Yeah. Um, that's pretty much it. So y- you can feel free to interject to ask questions on what's going yeah, on anytime. I might have a few. Just like the like real quick. Are we talking like three teens, four teens, like thirty? Like there's like ten. There's like uh, there's a oh lot of names. Gosh. A there's lot Benihimi of names are gonna be for one. Yeah, Benihimi. She's our main character. Benihimi. That's yeah, Benihimi. Okay. Yeah, the list goes on. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, toxic. Can you list like two more? No, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> so, I can't. I wish so I could. I think where we're at is right now is there's Benihimi is being set up with Shoji. Shoji, yeah. Shoji or Shige? No, his name's Shoji. Wait. No, no. Shinge. Artist dude. She's being set up with artist dude, even though she doesn't like him and he doesn't like her. And but they're all going camping. I'm so excited. And there's also a food contest happening. Like an eating contest or like a, a cooking making? like Ooh. like like Iron Chef but te- teenagers. Um so that's basically what's going on. I mean, I can't I, I we could go deeper but I don't think it would help. <laughs> so I think we should just dive in. Yeah, I know? feel pretty mm-hmm. caught up. I feel ready. So you guys ready for chapter 10? We could also just start over if that would be better. I mean, just start from the beginning. Just <laughs> do a quick 20,000 words. Chapter 10. Benihimi spent the rest of the weekend thinking about Shije. She could see now that there was more to him than that she had seen at first glance. Benihimi felt admiration towards Shije. She also wanted to stop some of his more self-destructive habits, but she still couldn't see herself with Shije. They had no chemistry, nothing in common. While she did doubt he was a nice boy, who would never betray her, that was not enough. Benihimi tried to think of what Shije was missing, while she couldn't just feel attracted to him. Wait, did we already do this one? I honestly could not tell you. 
Yeah, this is my first time on the podcast. I uh, I don't know. I think this is my first time too. <laughs> yeah, we definitely already read this one. I'm pretty sure. So I'm cutting that. We're starting at chapter eleven. <laughs> <laughs> So if you guys heard what was going on in chapter 10, I remember, okay, here's a quick synopsis. She had that thought, and then she made uh, hamburgers, and then she brought one to Shijie as he made a painting. And wait, is Shijie, and who's the other dude she had mentioned? Shoji? Shoji. That's okay, his, so that's Shoji and Shijie are different. <laughs> yeah, they're different people. So Shoji is currently dating Noriko. If I remember correctly, Noriko is a yokai, I think. I'm not exactly sure. There's yokai and there's people. And uh, the yokai have special demon powers yep. of animals and other things. So, like, uh, Benihimi is an amalgamation of all women's jealousy. And therefore, when she gets upset, she kills people. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> Dude, hell yeah, right? So, I think that's what they were talking about. Chapter 11. Okay, I think the big thing we wanted this one was they wanted to go, we want them to go camping. Mm. So do we know that that's going to happen, or is that? I mean, it, it, anything can happen. I mean, they they made these plans about four chapters ago. <laughs> that's true. So it's bound to happen eventually. Yeah, we could just do a marathon, ten hour podcast. <laughs> <laughs> After another busy week. Benihimi no. was looking forward to that Saturday and their camping trip. The night was before Noriko, Mari, Ayake, Ina, Shoji, and Shije had met up and managed to finish their homework, thanks to Mari's assistance so they would be carefree for the weekend. The group met in the courtyard at the heart of the dorm's first floor, a lush space with flowers, a koei pond, capped by a pyramid skylight. It was a favorite space for both staff and students that lived in the dorms. The group had a quick breakfast that Benihimi had made with Noriko's assistance and headed off to Mount Mitake. Sasayama Academy was at the foot of Mount Mitake, Mitake, so it only took an hour for the group to leave behind the campus and deep into the woods that surrounded the mountain. Once they found a campground, they set, started, set about setting up a camp. Soji, CJ, and Ina were left amazed at how acclimated the yokai girls were to the outdoors. It might seem like an odd contradiction. Yayaka and Benihimi, two of the most feminine girls in Sayasa, Sayasasayama Academy, rolling up their sleeves and diving spikes in the ground and collecting firewood. But aren't, the two... they, aren't they like, they're like forest animals though, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. On well, a spiritual level? Well, Yayaka's a succubus. Yeah, but they're hidden right now, I guess. Oh, okay. So See, that... they, they don't know that they're forest animals. Mm, okay. Wait, so the other students don't know that they're yokai yet? No, yeah. they. Do. Well, some of them do, I think. Ah, drama. Yeah, exactly. But the you, regular humans think yokai are super hot. Nice. So, wait, it's not something that they need to hide then, really. Well, it's an aura. So, they're able to aura all over people, and that means they get really into them. Nice. <laughs> Which is actually what happened earlier in the story. But yeah, so like two girly girls driving <laughs> driving camping stakes in the ground. Like, who's ever heard of that? I mean, yeah, that sounds great. Sounds sounds chill. You'll find out Benihimi's kind of a kind of a square later. <laughs> I'm not on Camp Benihimi. I do not like Benihimi. She's... Wait, Toxic, are you on Camp Benihimi? Is there like a is there a contention here? Mm, who's Benihimi? <laughs> you know the. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually the one name I know. Um, I'm indifferent. I feel like she's, you know, at that awkward stage of pubescence. Doesn't really understand <laughs> who she is yet. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like I don't understand who I am yet. I think I'm gonna jump into her corner and, and okay. proactively so you're support backing her in the story. Yeah, okay. yep. She needs some support. The forest was more like the yokai world where they all came from. Just being there was relaxing to Benihimi. 
After setting up, Yayaka and Ina said they were going off to go bird watching, while Mari insisted Binihimi and Shijie go on a hike with her. Binihimi knew Mari had. Ult- uh, Mari's a cat, by the way. Or she has the spirit of a cat. But she's in human form. Yes, and she can oh, shapeshift. Nice. <laughs> she's also. I remember they were saying she's like the ugly yokai, I think, or something. <laughs> but but that means she's still super hot because she's a yokai. Okay. Yeah. Come on, you two, hurry up. You're so slow, Mari said as she raced up the trail. Slow down, Mari-san. This is a hike, not a run, Benihimi yelled at her. There was no way she or Shiji could keep up with her. Oh, what's that, Mari said and jumped off the trail into the forest. Wait, don't go running into the forest, Shiji yelled as he and Benihimi ran after Mari. They followed her through the forest, but she vanished from sight. And when the two were a good distance into the woods... Where, where did she go? We have to find her, CJ said, panic in his voice. No, we should head back to the trail and to camp, Benihimi said. She was not going to play Mari's game. Mari-san knows these woods. She'll not get lost, but we might. We can't just leave her, CJ said. If we go deeper into the woods, we'll become lost ourselves. What we should do is return to camp. If Mari-san does not return, we will search for her with everyone else as a group. Benihimi said. See what I'm saying? She's kind of a square. Yeah, she's such yeah. a fucking boy scout. <laughs> Eagle <Perfect>. scout. <laughs> you're, you're right. I need to stay level-headed like... Shiji was interrupted by a scream from Mari. Both of them took off running in the direction of the scream. They reached a clearing, but what was, what was waiting for them was not Mari, but a bear. The massive bear, black bear, raised up on its hind leg and let out a terrifying roar. Get back, Benihimi-san! Run! CJ said, picking up a stick and getting between her and the bear. Benihimi did not run. The bear was giving off a yokai aura, a very familiar yokai aura. She put her hand on Shuji's soldier. The poor boy was trembling in fear, yet he still stood between her and the bear. This had gone too far. Benihimi was getting angry. The temperature had begun to drop as her aura seeped out of her. Stop this now! Go, leave before you anger me further. Mari looked at Benihimi. It was hard to tell, but it seems she realized her mistake and took off. Wait, so Mari's clearly the bear, right? Yeah, Mari's the okay, bear. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, Mari's the bear. See, she's trying to play matchmaker. Like, oh, oh like, you know, CJ saved your life, so you have to kiss him now type deal, right? Yeah, okay. Which, I mean, that's a pretty good move. If you ever have a friend who can be a bear. Yeah. Dude, totally. Yeah, I, could, I would love that in my life. Dude, imagine, like, you're, like, you're walking... Your date home from the subway, down the block, bear shows up in the common, <laughs> and you like quick run, get away! I'll save you from this bear. And then can yokai turn into homeless people? I think that'd be more realistic in the city. Oh, by bear I meant a large hairy man. <laughs> Wait, what just happened? Did you scare the bear? Shuje asked in shock. It's okay. I don't think it will be back. Beanie said as she tried to rein in her anger. CJ kept stuttering. His shaking became worse, and finally his leg buckled. He was having a panic attack, which made sense considering he had thought his life was going to end. <laughs> his sensitivity must have worked against him too, as he as he must have been overwhelmed by Mari and Benihimi's auras. Benihimi did the only thing she could think of doing. She fell to her knees and enveloped CJ in a hug, holding him tightly and rocking back and forth. Benihimi didn't say anything. She did not think she could find the proper words for the situation. You're really cold. Are you okay? CJ asked, concerned in his voice. Yes, it's just from being scared, Benihimi said. Scared? Are you joking? You're so brave, CJ said in admiration in his voice. I was a coward. My father is right. I need to grow up and become a man. 
You showed plenty of courage. My actions were from panic. When I'm stressed, I react in anger. Benimi said, mixing truths and lies, she decided to keep CJ talking as he was still trembling and she did not want to get him back to his feet. Is your father very demanding? My father feels I'm just wasting my life following a foolish dream. He thinks I need to understand how the real world works, CJ said. A lot of parents feel that way about their children. It is no reason to be so down on yourself. Even my parents question my judgment, Benimi said. My father does more than question. He's completely convinced that painting will lead to ruin. That I need to go into the family textile business in order to secure a good life for myself. <laughs> yeah. I, textile sounds like a safer bet than painting. I mean, when's the last time you've ever heard of a textile magnate? <laughs> like that's such like an eighteen hundreds like industry. Oh, I miss that. When it when is like what time period is this novel now? Set? This now, is like okay. two thousand five. Yeah, like, like, yeah. This is pre smartphones. <laughs> huge textile boom worldwide <laughs> if Benahimi would go for him she'd be set for life in the textile business that's true I feel know. I feel like this textile boom is talking about like custom t-shirts <laughs> when people first realized they could order those on the internet like you'd be like I can put like my name on a t-shirt yep oh dude it's just a toxic gold thing I actually had a toxic gold t-shirt what'd it say sure. actually it was a hat that's textiles, right? I mean, it's... Sure. Well, whatever. I mean, what isn't textiles? Computers have text, and they are tiled, so... So it's toxic, true. that means you're supporting the textile boom. <laughs> big textile <laughs> investor. Perhaps his insistence comes from a lack of familiar, familiarity with the life of a painter, Benihimi said, feeling that this new topic was keeping Shiji's mind of the terror he had been through. Actually, it's the opposite. My father was an animator before having to return to the family business. He was a good, good animator, too. He taught me how to draw and can still draw. He gave his all to becoming an animator, going to college, and even landing a job at an anime studio. The only problem was that the pay was so low that after three years of hard work, he had to return to my grandparents' business and beg for a job. To this day, my grandparents hold his attempt to leave the family business against him. My uncle, even though he is younger than my father, will inherit the business. My father doesn't want me to go through the same struggles he did, but I know my art is special. I know I can make it as a painter. I just have to prove it to him. She just said, letting out a sigh. So his dad's got pretty good like arguments for why he should stay in the textile business. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty... It's both like reasonable and also not. Like If you had a dream and your child has a similar dream, like why wouldn't you support that? Well, here's my guess is that you could probably do painting on the side of running. How much work can it be to run a textile business? Yeah, that's a good point. Like, you know, you just get the kids in there, they stick their little hands in the machines, they chop <laughs> off a few fingers, and then boom. You don't even have to pay them either. Yeah, I mean, if, if they yeah, don't make it out of... on the dollar. If they, don't, if they can't walk out of the factory by the end of the day, they don't have to get the paycheck. Yeah, they have to actually, like... <laughs> <laughs> they have to, what, what's the... Oh, clock out. That's what I was yeah, like. Yeah, they, they have to clock, clock, they out. Have to clock out to get paid. I mean, sure, they're getting paid overtime, like 10 times overtime, but yeah. if they never leave, I never have to pay the overtime. So, yeah, sure, I owe them 900 hours overtime, but they've never left the building. And I've made sure of that. I oh, armed yeah. guards. But they signed a contract. It's voluntary. I imagine these are orphans, too. Of course, dude. Business. I just grabbed them off the... Well, orphan... I orphaned them, as in I just nabbed them off the train. Wait, so you had their parents working in the textile business as well, and you're running a daycare that yes. was also a feeder into the textile business? No one business. leaves any of this. Yeah, no, this is a very, it's a self contained economy. <laughs> Recruit the parents, tell them to bring their children. Got children. the next generation of textile workers. Boom. 
you know, and that's why we can all buy shirts that say Levi's on the front. And they're so cheap. They're so cheap. <laughs> Everything just seemed to fall into place for Benihimi. She now understood the source of the crazed passion that was at the heart of CJ. Your father must love you very much, and it must be difficult for you. But if you continue to put so much pressure on yourself, you will fail. God, she's such a fucking square. Like, oh my God, can you guys talk about something not so fucking heavy? <laughs> Uh, I'm not the one putting pressure on myself. I would just love to be able to paint and not have to constantly worry about whether or not there is a future in it for me. CJ sounded a little annoyed. I don't think you can understand. I understand perfectly. My parents also have very high standards for me that I've spent my whole life trying to live up to, Benihimi said. And you do live up to them. But the only way for me to live up my father's wishes is to give up painting, CJ said, seeming to even get more frustrated. So now she's just pissing him off. He's scared. He's angry. She's saying... His feelings don't matter. She's not super great at comforting him here. She's not a good boy. She's not a good girlfriend. Yeah. I mean, he also kind of like failed in the situation, right? Like he shouldn't need to be he, comforted by her. True, but he tried. He, he tried. did. He did sacrifice himself to the bear. <laughs> she, you don't have to outrun the bear. You have to outrun the people you're with, right? <laughs> exactly. Well, he couldn't have run. Maybe it's maybe it's like it's like a fake sacrifice, right? Because he was no way he was running from that bear. Yeah. He like leaned into it. Yeah. He's just like, oh, no, you see, I'm, I'm actually... I'm protecting you. That's what's <laughs> happening right now. And my parents have asked me to return home because I failed to live up to their standards. Oh, and that's the context. Benihimi has to find a boyfriend by the end of the sem- end of the year, or else she goes back. She can't go to school anymore. And her parents said that. Her parents are two <laughs> nine tail foxes. Oh shit! Like Naruto. That's like the main. Yeah. Main de- oh shit! All right. Yeah. Well, there's like actual Japanese lore with like multi tailed beasts. Yeah, right? like every hundred years they get a new tail and become super powerful. Oh, Is shit, there okay. also something about their daughters needing a boyfriend before they graduate <laughs> high school? <laughs> I haven't read that part, but it, it sounds like that's true. Are there other can't wait? So she's with what's his name right now again? CJ. CJ. And are there other contenders, or is he the only one right He's now? He's the only one. Damn. And she's, wait, she's like the catch, right? Like, she's super Benahimi? hot? Yeah. No. I feel like... She's not the hot one. Oh, shit. Yeah, okay. Yaka's the hot one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he fucking, yeah, Yaka. Okay, okay. All right, I see why but she's But yeah, Yaka can literally bit. kill somebody if she has sex with them too hard. Damn. <laughs> That's intense and scary <laughs> and hot all at the same time. Return home? Why? You're one of the top students in our year. That doesn't sound fair. CJ said, they do not approve of how I handle my relationship with Kaiji-san. Oh, that's also another thing. She almost killed like three people because she got broken up with. So, oh, shit. I don't know why they want to have another boyfriend. I don't know. Benimi said, she felt weird having this conversation with CJ in the middle of the woods, but he had opened himself up to her, so she felt she should be able to open up about her own problems. That's even less fair. It's not your fault that he cheat, that he was a scumbag. CJ said, Benihimi appreciating him being careful and approaching a touchy subject for her. That's how I reacted to Sikeji-san's cheating they did not approve of, Benihimi said. I lashed out in anger, got into a fight with Mari-san, Soji-san, and Noriko-san. Kurosawa-sama had to intervene in the end. You fought Kojima-san? CJ said, surprised. I would not call it a fight. Noriko-san was mostly trying not to hurt me. Like I have said, I have a temper. Benihimi didn't like admitting she had a temper, but it was the truth. Still, I don't see why I your love parents' this vulnerability. Like they're, I mean, <laughs> they're open. The bear did a really good job of getting them to to open up to each other. Yeah, it's working. I feel like bears do that a lot. You know, if you get if you get a good bear talking to you, you'll just you just open up. You know, personal experience that you're speaking from. Of course, 
Yeah. Okay. Jorts. <laughs> Still, I don't see why your parents want you to go home. You're only human. You get your heart broken and lashed out. No one was hurt, and Kurosawa-sama took no actions. I think they were being harsh, she just said. They've given me the option of returning home at the end of the semester. They have to let the decision to me, Benhimi said. Then say no, he just said, raising to his fit. Why even think about it? Unless you want to leave. That's kind of facts, right? If they're like, leave it up to you, it's like, okay, then just say no. Like, you don't have to. I adopted my parents. I'm adopted. My parents are very important to me. Of Oh, my God. Fucking. Okay, let me just go through this. <laughs> I am adopted. My parents are very important people of noble lineage. If they are asking me to think of returning, I owe it to them to consider. So literally, she just pulled out the card. Um, actually, my parents are royals, so I have to listen to them. <laughs> How does like the royalty piece compare to being yokai, though? Well, they're I think they're yokai royals. Oh, okay. The so nine tail foxes are like real powerful. Okay, so they knew that she was yokai when they adopted her, and that was like kind of the whole part of the deal. Yeah, she wasn't like born; she was like created out of the ether, to my knowledge. Okay, yeah, yeah, something like that, out of jealousy vibes. <laughs> Which I mean, I don't know. I feel like it's just it's a really flex. Not that far fetched. I feel it like this happen. is this is flex. She's just flexing. Yeah, oh on yeah, him. yeah, yeah. Because like she could just say, "Well, I respect my parents' opinion. And I need to think about it." Not, "Oh, well, my parents are actually super duper important, and therefore, <laughs> it's like you don't need to explain that part." I don't think adopted means you owe your parents your life. She just said as he helped him do feet. And I do not believe your quest to prove your father that your dreams have merit should require you to push yourself to the point of self harm. Benihimi said. Ina-chan tells me that all the time, CJ said. Perhaps I'm nagging you too much. Is it not that simple to disobey is not that simple to disobey one's parents, to rebel, to do as one wishes, and go against their expectations, Binihimi said. I mean, it's not that hard. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but do you guys rebel against your parents? I think it's the subtle rebellions that are the hardest. <laughs> like you like you ate from the cookie jar when they weren't looking. Or you moved away from your home state. <laughs> That's not very subtle. <laughs> That's actually the opposite of subtle. <laughs> You're like literally thousands of miles away. Uh. <laughs> yeah, we can keep going. That's all to unpack there. Yeah, that's true. Especially when your parents are good parents, just looking at what's best for you, CJ said. The two had a moment of silence, and then CJ bashfully said, I do think I would miss you if you left. I only known you a little while, but you're so kind-hearted. I'd hate to think of you having to leave. Benihimi blushed. The damn cat. How much did she know? Was it actually possible that she knew that much about CJ? Was it possible that she actually knew that much about Benihimi? Benihimi was developing a soft spot for CJ. The conversation they just had made her feel that they were shouldering similar burdens. Benihimi... What is this... What is... What is Benihimi's fucking romantic style? Like, does, like... She's like, can't she just like have fun with people? It sounds like no. no. You guys are definitely right that she's a square. Like she's just like, oh, we can't just have fun. I know, like, like ten minutes ago, I was like, I'm gonna back Benihimi in this, but I don't know. It's yeah, getting yeah, kind of yeah, hard. It's getting more rough to do. She's got a mission though. She, she needs to find a boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Although I feel like you know she could take the path of least resistance just to like satisfy her parents. Which is pretty toxic, in my opinion. Much is it? Is it gold? <laughs> no. <laughs> Bringing me wanted to help CJ shoulder his burden and hope that they, he would help with hers. That's okay, I guess. That's 
Thank you, CJ Sun. I also feel we have developed a bond. There was another moment of silence, and he said, We should start heading back to the campsite. What about Mari Chan? CJ asked, as if on cue the twin tailed girl appeared out of the woods. I'm not interrupting anything, am I? Mari Chan, are you all right? CJ asked, running up to her and looking her over. Of course, it's just the woods, Mari said, acting as if CJ had lost his mind. But there was a bear, CJ said. I didn't see any bear. This is straight gaslighting. <laughs> Mari's there with a smile on her face. I think it's I think it's best we head back to camp before Mori Chan can get lost again or the bear returns, Benimi said, giving Mari a stern look, her voice cold. I agree. I'm hungry. Can't wait to eat some of your cooking, Benihimi-san, Mari said, winking at her, paying no mind to the dirty look she had gotten. With that, the group headed back to the campsite. When they got back, CJ related the story about the bear, causing Ina to panic, but Yayaka was able to calm her. That night, Noriko and Benihimi had a long conversation with Mari. Normally, Benihimi would see it as pointless, but Mari did listen to Noriko, so the conversation might have not been in vain. Still, Mari's actions had been effective, and unfortunately, in the end, that was all that mattered to her. End of chapter 11. So how do you guys feel about that chapter? So actually, this is we have fresh <laughs> eyes over here from Jake and ex- weathered, tired eyes over here from Toxic Gold. So let's see how the experience of that chapter is different between those two sets of eyes. Should I start? Yeah, sure. Yeah, go for it. Wow. I mean, what can I say? This went very similar to all the other chapters. <laughs> Basically, I sat here, sat here with my eyes glazed over. <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> this is really an, a testament to boredom, isn't it? I mean, I, you know, I try, I try to pay attention and then it takes about 10 words before I'm lost. So, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know where these characters started from, but I feel like we really experienced a chapter of character development. <laughs> the the mutual self disclosure between Benahime and CJ as they're sharing their both relationships their with their parents. Yeah, they're like, both their parents are kind of kind of rough. Like that hits close to home, and it's it's tough as a an adolescent to understand your relationship in the world to to your parents. Wait, who's who's CJ? <laughs> Did I say the name wrong? <laughs> no, you did it right. C- is it CJ? CJ, I think. It's S H I G E. That is the dude that Benahime was talking with, right? That's yes, what I was trying he's, to refer he's the, to. He's the cowardly little art boy. You definitely read his lines with a cowardly art boy inflection, <laughs> and I can tell that that's who he is based on your tone of voice. <laughs> He's been, at least, I'm pretty sure he's been exclusively described as, like, an art twerp. You're doing a great job reading That's him. My, in Benihimi, I mean, she's just cold and square. She's like a, a building in Siberia with no rooms in it. You know, I understand Toxic's glazed eyes when those are the two characters that are the central focus for the chapter. <laughs> <laughs> well, you tell me that wasn't a, a thrilling... Hey, at least they got to the camping. They're actually fucking camping now. So They've we, talked about this for chapters, multiple, at least just three for, or four chapters. I'm just I feel so talking about the camping. So blessed to jump in for the legendary camping <laughs> chapter. And I think we're only halfway through the overall story. Yeah. I think they still have to go to their cooking competition and... And the, uh, and, and the fair. Oh, I didn't even remember that. Yeah, they're planning a fair. 
There's no way that's not going to go wrong. <laughs> they already got painted for the fair. Wait, like like face painted? No, like like the CJ made portraits of them and they're going to sell them. I don't know why people would want to buy portraits of high school girls at a fair. But they're yokai, right? I yeah, mean, I mean that might be a compelling offering. Well, that's the thing. Apparently, they can like make like at least Yayaka can like like boost her aura so hard that like men just like fucking collapse. Does that translate to the paintings though? Like does like so she has like a physical appearance. Yeah, and then she has her aura. Yeah, I imagine the painting would just be of the physical. But appearance. The, but the, but if the aura gets into the mind of the painter, he uh, can capture okay. them. So it could be a bodacious mm. painting. I based remember because the like aura. they made one where it was like they had a painting of like Mari, Benihimi, and Yayaka, and Benihimi had like this lioness, or Benihimi was fucking empty and cold as shit as she is. And then Mari was like a kind of like cat vibes, and then Yayaka was just fucking protruding. Wait, but Mari's the bear, right? Mari, she was the bear, but she's okay. also a cat. Wait, how does that work? I thought she could. Wait, she can just shapeshift to yes, anything. To anything. She's uh, a trickster. Okay, okay, okay. She's she's a cunning little trickster. Yeah. Okay. She played that role really well in this chapter. Yeah. <laughs> also, okay. Here's another good context. All of these girls get literally dozens and dozens of secret love notes confessing their love to them literally any boy in the school apparently would just say yes so uh, it's for benahemia it's really not that hard to get a boyfriend then no yeah like straight up it, i guess they have to like at wait for them to ask because it's weird but like oh like culturally yeah yeah Early but 2000s. i mean but i don't see why she couldn't be like hey just just, just say you love just, if you want to confess to me do it i'll say yes <laughs> just, just do it you know yeah just like slide a little note over a whisper you know yeah but yeah you know so I don't. I, I feel like this problem is really easily solved. Yeah, it seems like she's going for a chump right now. <laughs> she could be going for a hunk, a bear of sorts. Chapter twelve. Oh, here we go. I'm so excited. <laughs> going for it. All right. Time After for a drink. an eventful weekend, Benihimi felt rejuvenated waking up that month. Oh, we skipped the fucking camping. We were camping. That was the that was all Wait, of the was camping that the though. Entire camping chapter. That was the entire camping chapter. <laughs> they ran. Wait, into what a, happened? They ran into a bear. That was the worst camping chapter I've ever. Especially heard when of. they built it up. What about the girls hammering the tent stakes into the ground? Oh, that was pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> Defeating gender norms. Yeah, yeah, definitely breaking gender One norms. One succubus at a time. <laughs> After an eventful weekend, Benihimi felt rejuvenated waking up that Monday morning. The mountain air had done her good, and the new feelings started to develop towards CJ had given her a spring in her step. When she sat down to lunch with her friends, it was a battle to hide her feelings keeping and keep her usual calm exterior. Someone looks like a girl in love, Mari said as she pulled up a chair up, a smirk upon her face. I'm still angry with you, Mari-san, so do not test my patience today, Benny said, being curt with her mischievous friend. That wasn't a denial. You've been in a good mood since Saturday. I guess you decided to stay, Ayaka said, piling on. I have not, Benihimi said. She was being honest. She had been avoiding thinking about the decisions she had to make. Where are you staying? Soji asked. Benihimi informed Soji about his parents' requests. I would hate to see you go, Benihimi-chan, Soji said. I can't help but feel I am somewhat responsible for the situation you're in. If I had broken the news about Tanahashi-san to you more tactfully, you wouldn't be... Yeah, this is where the names start getting real crazy. There's just a lot of them. There's so many names. Yeah. More tactfully, you wouldn't be in this situation. 
It was true that Soji had broken the news about Kaiji cheating to her in less than ideal way. Benihimi did not blame him for her own actions. You did your best to help me, Soji-san. That's all that matters. Is there anything I can do? Maybe I can explain to your parents that it was my fault, Soji asked. It was moments like this that almost made Benihimi feel jealous of Noriko. Soji's word brought back the night when she had confessed to him. How even when he was turned... Oh yeah, so you can confess to other dudes, but she was turned down by Soji because he doesn't like her. Um... Because <laughs> he's a, because she's a square. Oh yeah, presumably. Yeah. Even when he was turning her down, he still cared enough for her to pick his words carefully and not hurt her feelings. What would the outcome be if she confessed to Shigwe? No, that won't be necessary. To who? They misspelled it. Now it's Shigwe. C H I G U E. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure that my parents are already well informed about your role in the situation. I'm getting seen a glazed look over here from Toxic. <laughs> Just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I really couldn't tell you what has been discussed this far. Do you need a little chapter. nicotine toxic? Sure. I mean, I don't know if much has been discussed. Seems like they're just at the cafeteria, right? Yeah, they're just eating lunch. Yeah. I mean, you could say that about the whole story, really. <laughs> Nothing's happened. Maybe you should be worried about yourself. Her parents are pretty powerful. That earned a shove from Noriko. Don't try to share Soju-kun. For what it's worth, Benihimi, I think you should stay. If a situation like last time comes up again, you can depend on me for help, Soji said. By which he means he'll send out Noriko-chan out to fight, Mari said. Benihimi-chan can depend on me, you and Soju-kun. <laughs> Noriko said, giving her best friend a stern look. Thank you all, Benihimi said. Truly feel... Do you have ever... What is these conversations? Have you ever ever... Had a conversation like this at a fucking cafeteria table. No. I've ever heard of anyone having a conversation like this at a cafeteria table. In like reality TV. It seems pretty exaggerated. Yeah, like, like don't worry, guys. You sh- will all stand by each other. And and then the- it ends with thank you. Actually reminds me a lot of community, actually. <laughs> yeah, it does feel like community. Which isn't like I I apologize to the creators of Community because that's way better than this. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing is things happen in Community. Like yeah. when they say they're going camping, they go camping. Yeah, and it's more than like a bear. Twelve lines of dialogue and <laughs> ending the camping. When lunch ended and Beanie Himi returned to her desk, she was thinking how everyone she knew and cared for in her life was asking for her to stay. They were willing to fight for her, yet she could still not bring herself to simply disregard her parents' request. She found herself thinking on CJ. He was rebelling against his father's wishes to pursue his dreams. Here she was, ready to give up on all her dreams, simply because her parents suggested she think about it. Even though she now she now knew her heart was made up in its mind, boyfriend or no boyfriend, whatever may become of her romantic life, she wanted to stay in the human world. Yet there was still what she owed to her parents. They had raised her, loved her, thought thought her taught her do we ever really owe anything to our parents yeah you know my personal opinion is once you turn 18 you just move out of the state you move out you leave the state leave the country (laughs) don't call back i agree with my actions (laughs) i mean we all left our state so i think we're all in the same boat yeah so but he made us know our parents shit no no she can say no stay in the human world she should she should Fuck, fuck CJ, dude. Like, literally, go and fuck that dude. Yeah, and then kill him. And then kill him. <laughs> yeah, dude, let release all over him. Get your aura up in that shit. Kill him. Find a new boyfriend. 
Taught her, taught her how to control her negative impulses. Could she be so brazen to tell them that she would rather remain in the human world than return to the yokai world with them? They had left the decision to her, but would they be pleased? All these questions kept going through Binihimi's head as she left the student council meeting and head to the student kitchen. She'd been less than helpful secretary that day, but Yayaka hadn't minded. As she bowed to Taguchi and made her way to her station, Binihimi tried to put her worries away. Today, I'm going to have you all work on your desserts for the cooking competition, Taguchi said. I hope you all brought the necessary ingredients over the weekend. I'll be around to taste and advise you and improve your dish. Binihimi got an ingredient. She was planning to make some yuzu cream-filled puffs with a lemon glaze. Baking was Binihimi's strong suit, and she wanted to create a dish that was something that you wouldn't normally get at a bakery. The main thing that she was worried about were cream puffs was about them being too bitter. Wait. Have you ever had a bitter cream puff? That sounds like it's a... I don't know. Fuck that. I have no idea. Like, Wait, what's a cream puff? You know, like a, it's like a puff filled with cream. Oh, like a you know, like a donut hole with like cream in it. Ever had a bitter one? <laughs> no. You would imagine I feel they like I've had a bitter cream ones, puff. Though, right, though. What? Like they wouldn't sell the bad ones. Yeah, I have a feeling if your cream puffs are bitter, they're just bad. Like that's not. It's not like it's not like a subtle flavor of like oh I made them too sweet. It's like no, they're just. I feel like I've had like kind of sour cream puffs. Maybe not bitter. Sour, the, really? Yeah. Well, maybe Mitahimi should work on that. Wait, what are we talking about? She's Who's... making cream puffs now. <laughs> it's. I mean, it does sound like a reasonable worry. Like, yeah, because if they you, are, you wouldn't want to sell them. Like, yeah, they would be bitter. And they'd be yeah. bad. Yeah. And Betty Butter would need better butter for her batter if it was bitter. So I mean, it makes sense. It's all <laughs> tracks for the baking competition. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's all very canon. The main thing that she was about was her cream puffs, but them being too bitter. She had a balance of the sour of the yuzu and lemon with the right amount of sugar. Binihimi started by making her puff pastry as she put it in the oven to bake. She made her yuzu cream, getting the just the exact consistency, and finally made the lemon glaze. Once the puff pastry was baked, she let it cool before filling it with yuzu cream and coated them with lemon glaze. These look like they're done, Taguchi said, walking to Binihimi Station. Yes, Sensei. I was just going to try them. Try them, Binihimi said. I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind trying one too. Hitomi said, coming up behind Taguchi. Feel free to. Binihimi said. All three of them tried the cream puffs. They were good, but Binihimi knew that she'd used too much sugar. The puffs were missing the hint of tartness that they needed to stick out, and had the oversweet taste of thing you might get in the grocery store. Oh my store. goodness! So they weren't bitter enough. No, no, they were not bitter enough. Actually, oh my they, gosh. they they should maybe. I don't even. Binihimi, get your shit together, okay? You worry about it being bitter, and then you make it too sweet. You're never going to win the cooking competition. Classic overcorrection. Did you add extra sugar to the cream? Taguchi asked. Yes, I wanted to counteract the tartness of the yuzu, Benihimi answered. I wouldn't add any sugar to your cream. You want the tartness of the yuzu to fully come through, Taguchi. Yes, sensei, Benihimi said as she taking her advice. She would need these cream puffs to be perfect for the competition. They have me worried. They're already good enough to win a competition, Hitomi said. I'm starting to get jealous of your baking abilities. I couldn't bake this good when I was a freshman. Why don't we taste your dessert, Toro-san? Taguchi asked as they walked over to Hitomi Station. I made mini dark chocolate lava cakes with a raspberry coolie on top, Hitomi said, presenting to her dish. Binigimi each took a, a mini lava cake and tested it. Binigimi's taste bud lit up the instant the cake hit her tongue. The cake had a bitter note from the dark chocolate that oozed from the center while having a sweet note from the coolie that was on top. The cake itself was moist and chocolatey. The whole dessert was perfect. This was very good, Hitomi-senpai. I can find no fault in it, Binigimi said. 
You were just a little over on baking time, Taguchi said. A minute less and the inside would be perfect. Yes, inside, Hitomi said. Both of you done a good job. Now I just take it the rest of the menus are Saturday. We'll be going about shop Sasayama this Friday. I just take advantage of local ingredients. Taguchi said she walked away going about trying the rest of the club's desserts and giving advice to its members. Benny and Hitomi also went around trying the other club members' desserts. They were all quite good. But Benny Himi knew her real challenge was going to be the Hitomi. Not only she baked a perfect dessert, but she was also better than Benny Himi when it came to savory dishes. Even as Benny Himi thought about the cooking competition, uh, she would she couldn't help her thoughts from earlier in the day coming back to her. Her friends wanted to stay in the human world. She was working so hard at this part at the cooking club in, her, in order to become a success in the human world, so why was there still a battle going on about her and her leaving? Yes, everything in her pointed to her staying, but she did have the courage to look in her parents in the eyes and tell them that she did not care about the mistakes she had made in her romantic life. She would stay? She would be, She would stay even though she would mess up again, even though the darkness that lurks inside of her might come out again. It was a risk she was willing to take. God, she's sounding like a fucking, she lives in a society. Yeah, like willing <laughs> to like kill people. Like, like, the darkness within me might come out. And I might kill people with it. But that's it, fine. It's worth it. That's fine, you know, because I like making cream puffs. Benimi left the cooking club, lost even further in her own thoughts when she came to the meeting. Are you okay? You seem to have zoned out towards the end of the club activities, Hitomi asked. Sorry, Hitomi-senpai, I just a lot on my mind, Benimi said. Anything I can help you with? Hitomi asked. This is a question of whether I should stay in the human world. I feel I've made up my mind to stay, but don't know if doing so would be rebelling against my parents, Benihimi said. Hitomi took a moment to ponder Benihimi's situation before responding. I probably shouldn't be telling this to a kohai, but you should go ahead and rebel. You can't spend your life trying to be an obedient child. Wait, what's a kohai? I have no idea, okay. man. I don't. That's <laughs> the first time it's come up. Is it maybe just a misspelling of yokai? It's got to be right. Okay. <laughs> would that make me ungrateful? Would that make me ungrateful though? They did adopt me and have always given me what I have needed. Should I not ask them what they truly wish me to do and do as I'm told? Benimi said. You are not indebted to your parents. I was adopted too, and I wouldn't just throw away all that work for it because my parents asked me to, Hitomi said. She stopped and grabbed a hold of Benihimi's shoulders as they were face to face. You'll be graduating two years. You'll be going to university. You'll be an adult. It's about time to start making your independent if you truly wish to be a powerful yokai. You can't become one by continuing to weigh every decision you make against the expectations of your parents. Perhaps you were right. My need to please my parents is a sign I still have to grow up, Benihimi said. Good, now that we have solved that, focus on the cooking competition. I'm looking forward to taking you down, Hitomi said. Thank you, Hitomi Senpai. I'll try not to embarrass you too badly on Saturday. Benihimi couldn't help but say, "We'll see about that." Hitomi said with a smirk, "You're going to drop those off those cream puffs to your friend?" "Yes, I'll be giving those to my friend." Benihimi said as she separated from her Timmy and made her way to the art studios. End of chapter twelve. So, how do you guys feel about that chapter? There's a lot of realness. I feel like the like the deliberation with how a child should interact with their parents is is. You know, it's, it's touching true. on something. Yeah, it's true. I think this is like a, like if this was an anime. Yes, I think this is like a three-minute scene. Yes, and I think it's it doesn't translate super well into writing. That's the like, thing. Like the content is there, but like it's shorter. Like yeah, if this you, would be like her cooking, and then you'd have a monologue going as she's cooking. And like she's cooking her, she's getting cream puffs on her face and everyone's, <laughs> there's chocolate flying everywhere. And, and then she's thinking, am I being ungrateful to my parents as a yokai if I fucking, she burns her cream puffs and then she has to start over, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Cause nothing happened really. I mean, like, yeah, nothing happened. <laughs> like, I mean, she thought about the, the, the action was she thought about her parents. Yeah. Yeah. How about toxic? How do you feel about this chapter? 
I have a bit of a bone to pick. <laughs> you got a bone to pick? Let's hear it. See, Benahimi is apparently preparing for a cooking competition, right? Mm-hmm. But I feel like cream puffs, I feel like that's almost more baking. That's a good point. It's actually a really good point. <laughs> such a good point. I so, mean, I mean, you know, that's pretty much the summer, summary of my thoughts. So, your, your thoughts in the chapter is that she's baking at a cooking competition. Yep. And there's no way she can win doing that. That's a good point. I mean, they're going to expect like a pasta or a, a steak, <laughs> not a cream puff. Yep. And a too sweet cream puff at exactly. that. Exactly. A fucking trash cream puff, too. <laughs> Oh, I'm worried about my thing being bitter as she puts cream, sugar and cream. It's an easy mistake. Easy I'm sure mistake. we've all made it. So, I mean, besides the thrilling uh, facts of baking, how do you guys think about the conflict she had where she was like, I don't want to leave, and everyone's like, don't, and then she does it. Is that a conflict? <laughs> Yeah, I think that's like a, a very positive application of peer pressure. Yeah, like they're all just like, do what you want, Benihimi. And she's like, I don't want to leave. She's like, I okay. think peer pressure is stigmatized. A lot of people are like, <laughs> peer pressure is going to lead you to doing drugs or drinking a lot or smoking cigarettes. But those are all cool things to those do. Those are all great things to be doing. <laughs> those are all really cool. Like, I've, like there's has not been a situation in my life where peer pressure has been negative, And I think we should stop stigmatizing it. So we should really like, you know... Let people like we should just get into mob mentality. Yes, like so, a hundred percent. There's zero situation where mob mentality is bad. Like so, if we're if we're at a bar, right, and some dude gets falsely accused of doing something, but they get the mob riled up, suddenly he's no longer falsely accused. Yeah, the mob, back him up, back him the, up, dude. Fucking the mob gets going. Yeah, man, dude. Fucking that guy, he shouldn't have pissed on that guy's raincoat. I don't know who we're mad at in this situation, but I agree the with guy, the mob. The guy, the dude, the, the mob, the, the person the mob's after. Yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> fuck that guy, dude. Let's go. I, I think Yokai's in a similar situation here yeah. where like, she should just understand that her friends have her best interests in mind and they yeah. want to be around her. So they she should lean, like, she should go for that. It seems like she everybody in the school. I, I, I kind of wish they had a character in there who fucking hated her. Just like they had like a character yeah. who was just like, yeah, fuck you. Get out. I don't like you. That would balance it out. Mm. That would be kind of cool, right? Like if they like, so it's like everyone's like, just stay with us, stay with us. And then some fucking nerds in the corner like, yeah, Benihimi more like been a smelly. Get <laughs> fuck nerd. And then yeah, like, who, who's the antagonist in this story? Benihimi is, I guess. I mean, she's the only one causing problems. <laughs> she's, so she's the protagonist and antagonist? Yeah, she's the only one causing problems. And her problems are like, I don't know. Should I stay here even though I can? Is this like considered like slice of life? I mean, if you want to be generous, <laughs> <laughs> like I feel like maybe lack of conflict is a better way to put the <laughs> genre. I mean, like, I mean, do we get any input from our parents or anything? Like, do we no. see that? Okay. All no. right. They're at the, the at the beginning. I mean, with the information I have, like Benhimi should stay and she should fall. She should agree with the peer pressure. I agree. Yeah. Toxic. Any other any thoughts on, on any other nope. thoughts on the chapter? And just blank mind in it. <laughs> nope. So I think that's all we're gonna do for today. I mean, I know you guys are just biting at the chomp for more. How thrilling. many chapters are left? Let's see. <laughs> you can see it's got to be like eight, right? You said it was like twenty chapters. So total? that was chapter twelve. 
12. This has been a, like a year that we've been doing this. <laughs> yeah, we got eight chapters left. You're Are never you getting this time back, me? Toxic. But I, think I mean, there... in total, it's not that much time. Yeah, we got eight chapters left, so... Oh, my God. That last one was pretty short, though. Yeah, I think they're getting shorter. That was like a 20-minute read. are pretty short. Some of the first ones, I swear, they took like an hour. And I wasn't even talking that much, (laughs) as per (laughs) usual. (laughs) Yeah, they're definitely getting shorter. I almost feel like the author got to this point in the story and then got to the big camping scene. And then fucking flubbed it. Fucking did not. They yeah, there's so much potential. They could have spent to that. three chapters in the camping scene. They could have, you know, had the bear attack. They could have had ghost stories at the thing. They could have had the awkward time where they all, because apparently Ayaka was like low key, like flirting with Shiji that they're all gonna sleep in the same tent right next mm-hmm. to each other. Yeah, there's a lot. And that thank can God they camping. didn't though. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> Let's be happy there was one chapter that we moved on. I would have traded this this like baking class chapter for another camping chapter. Especially like a low, like you know, like one with like high sexual tension and stuff. Yeah. That yeah. could get like, you know, interesting. This shit is just not as sexy as it used to be. You know, chapter three and four. Oh yeah, dude, when they're talking about like how like all like the yokai girls or Loki want to fuck each other. Yeah, well there was the one succubus that transformed into a woman. Or transformed no, she transformed oh, Wait, she, she was already a woman. She was going into to transform boy. into Okay, so yeah, so she was gonna transform into Shoji so that Mari or Benihimi could fuck Shoji as the succubus. Or maybe it was Mari. <laughs> so yeah, it was all way, the yokai have fucked way each hotter. Other. So apparently, all the yokai except for Benihimi have fucked each you other. Said, like way hotter as we talk about eighteen <laughs> plus one year girls. They're not a day <laughs> over eighteen. <laughs> Are they not? Okay, well, I have no idea. This is pretty nasty. I man. don't know. It's a fucking anime. I mean, this is pretty tame for anime shit. Yeah. Seems that way. I mean, like... Like, he really flubbed the whole camping scene in terms of what could have happened. There's so many things. They could have caught fish. And then, you know, he could have... I want to know how that's sexy. Can you describe? <laughs> they catch the fish, and then they're, like, holding it, and they're like, oh, no. And then they take it back, and they're like, how, how do this? I clean this they fish? They catch an octopus. Oh. <laughs> this is the start of a... <laughs> <laughs> Different genre. <laughs> <laughs> that took a <laughs> the left turn quick. <laughs> they thought they cooked it, but it crawls out of the pot and wreaks revenge. <laughs> I'm I'm really disappointed in the camping scene. I I really I was excited for that. I was. Y'all, y'all have talked about it a lot lately. Yeah, we've, we've been, been in we, correspondence, and yeah, you've been sending those letters back and forth. And yeah. every time I bring up at least the camping scene, at least once, I'm like, I'm so excited for this camping scene. <laughs> yeah, for our avid listeners, that I said that there were two people that I keep letters with. It was the ones me on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. It was these folks and my mom. But so, I'm just thinking like, <laughs> wait, so you moved across the country, and your only letter correspondence is back with your mom. <laughs> No, I text my mom. Oh, okay. The letters are to y'all. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, three total. Okay. But so, yeah, I don't know. It's just, I'm kind of I'm kind of angry. I'm kind of mad. Because they replaced a cool camping scene with another baking scene. We already had a cooking. We have like three cooking scenes already. I thought already. we needed a marshmallow scene, honestly. That would have been, she could have made really fancy s'mores. 
yeah, that'd be great. Like she had like some special ingredients she brought with, and you know, like some extra some dark kind chocolate. of personality. Because right now we have Binihimi is a cold square who isn't friendly, is kind of boring, and is a good chef. That, that's what Binihimi is. And when you're in school, retreats like this are a great chance to be slightly different than normally are. Yeah, you know, you could it could be a little wacky. Yeah, get out of your shell a little bit. Maybe like some campfire games. Also, I feel like Yayaka, since she's part of the whole thing and trying to get everyone lovey-dovey, and she has the literal magical power to make people like each other because she's a succubus, I feel like she could have done some little magic stuff, you know? Yeah, that's a waste to not have included them in the campfire scene. In general, the scene. in general, they do not use their yokai powers. Like, them being yokai just means they're hot relative to the other students. Like, that's, like, the biggest side effect. It's like, oh, their auras attract humans. And then they fuck each other as different people. Because <laughs> they're shapeshifters. So as a bear. The, the, as the bear. Either or. E- either type of bear. <laughs> and so, it's just... Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm I hoping Pewter Natural can pull something out at the end here. We, we got two that more... That was the events. author? Yeah. Okay. We got two more events to look forward to. The baking competition is one. Cooking oh, competition. Oh, cooking competition, yeah. The baking's not going to fly there. Yeah. <laughs> as toxic. Or Benhimi. And then the fair. There's not much that happens in this. No, no. It's <laughs> like literally day to day, like going on at a high school. It's pretty- <laughs> <laughs> like each chapter this is, is like a a, this is like a month in high school. <laughs> it's like been like two weeks. So <laughs> slow. <laughs> oh, being an avid Barry Gems listener, I was expecting this to have uh, progressed significantly. Like, I was expecting more content to have been covered. In, oh, no. In that's not a slow burn. This, this, is, this, is, this, is, this is like a slow-cooked chicken. You know, like when you cook chicken on the grill, you got to cook it real slow. <laughs> or else it burns up too fast. What's the consensus? And Like, I know in the in the intro to Barry Gems, it's, we find the next Harry Potter. Is this the next Harry Potter? I mean, he's definitely better than Harry Potter. It's wow. about as long as Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, most things are probably better than Harry Potter. Like, you know, I could, like, read the Quaker Oats ingredient list, and that's better than Harry Potter. Those are fighting words. <laughs> Have you not seen that ingredient list? It's fucking dope. <gasps> also, what's Harry Potter about? Some, you know, some dipshit fucking goes and fucking fights a snake or something. It's a classic good versus evil story, man. Have you heard about these oats, though? <laughs> They're steel cut. Sometimes. Instant. Still cut instant. Still cut instant. So I guess let's get to our ratings. So how how many Harry Potters out of five do you rate these two chapters toxic? <laughs> I mean, I, I really don't like Harry Potter. Yeah. So how many out of five? <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, I'd give it like two or three sorcerer stones specifically, which okay. is like pretty bad. That's probably the worst book. That of is them probably all. the worst. So, okay, that's pretty good. Did I say two or three? Yeah. Okay, I'll stick with that. I like how it's not a rating; it's like a, a <laughs> generic area, like two or three <laughs> out of five. Two point five. Okay, there we go. Yeah, I think this is uh, what's the what's the fifth book of harry potter half blood prince Pri- oh, prisoner of azkaban is yeah. the third 
Okay. Whichever one that one is, it's like one Prisoner of Azkaban. So you think this is equivalent to the Prisoner of Azkaban storyline? Yeah, which is really bad. Yeah, so it's like, you know, you got dude, you know, terrorist un- uncle that is trying to kill Harry, gets ends up being trapped, comes back. That's about equivalent to a bear in the woods in a <laughs> yeah, baking class. Like, there was potential and it was wasted. Exactly. Much like the bank. Yes. Because especially when that chase the bank. bank. The, com, the cum bank. When the cum bank, you know, when they don't keep the freezers on, the, the, it spoils, and that's a lot of wasted potential. It's all wasted. We've yeah. gone full so. circle now. And we all know the whole point of Harry Potter was to make enough pages so that the book was wide enough on the shelf at Barnes & Noble. So you could so that see, it see it real easy. Yeah. Like and I 24 feel like point <laughs> font on the Harry Potter on the side. I feel like it was the exact same goal with, of yokai. of yokai like you can't skip the story it's forty thousand words <laughs> yep. i applaud the author for having typed forty thousand words good or bad those are words <laughs> that is true yeah th- this is a cohesive story as shitty as it is so it, that is also true like i mean technically speaking things happen after another and have logical connections <laughs> <laughs> Which is pretty impressive as far as books are concerned. Yeah, I mean, a lot of books, did just skip that part? Yeah, I don't want to reveal my true identity here, but there's a book that is a part of writing, and it has no logical connection or reason to be published, and this is a step above that, so we're doing pretty good. We're doing pretty good, okay. That's one thing, but I guess the thing is, you know, they just, like, wrote down their journal and then replaced, like, the, like, Dear Diary with Benhimi Said. Oh, shit. Like, I mean, like, low-key is just like, mm. oh, and then Matt talked to me, and he said I shouldn't leave school either, and they just replaced that with Hitomi talked to Benihimi and said the same thing. <laughs> like, so do you think this author was just, like, living this experience? And I do think my uh, the author was a yokai, and I think they lived to Whoa. a wokai high school. A yokai, a wokai high school. A because wokai they were, high A wokai school. high school. Dang. They were very woke about those yokai. Wo- like, they're, like, very progressive. Oh, yeah, dude. You, the yokais, you know, you don't. You know, they know their terms. You know, you don't... There's certain words you use, certain words you don't use. Yeah, very pronoun-friendly. Yeah, exactly, you know. Well, you have to. They're all different types of animals. Yeah. Like, you know... You think you can call a fox a cat? <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. This this feels like an author was doing November... What's the, like, no... No Nut November? No. <laughs> Also that, but what's like the, like you write a book in a month. There's, oh. There's an acronym for it. It feels like they did that for like a literal month in their life and nothing happened. Okay. Oh, so like they just like copied their real life and then. <laughs> for a month, yeah. But yeah, but and like. then threw in some yokai characters. Yeah, you're like, oh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm a cat. and Which would explain fox. like the lack of like yokai powers besides Because the they, they don't come up in real life very often. Yeah. Like you couldn't, you wouldn't, like I wouldn't, you wouldn't use your powers every day. Yeah, that's a very generous understanding of why the yokai powers weren't there. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, I think we can all agree it, these two chapters did kind of feel like a, a warm cum bank. Yeah. Lost potential. Lost potential. 